Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Or fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, score! Ray Bork. Score! Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over the Rossi gets loose and Bergeron scores! Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the Sergey Samsonov edition, and I'm your host, Mark Allred. As always, my uh, co-host, Rob Tomlin, is joining us for another exciting yet interesting week of Boston Bruins Hockey Talk. Rob, welcome back. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Good, good. long weekend. Everyone's happy. Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, in honor of uh, Memorial Day here in the States, I'd like to say thank you to all the uh, uh, veterans that have served and are currently serving, and um, yeah, it's 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 an awesome weekend of uh, our official start to uh, the summer. Yeah, I, I kind of envy your country in the way that you do the holidays and you actually really come together and do something because that doesn't happen over here. So really, it's, yeah, it's really good to see everyone bands together and get some it done. Whereas. I think we're just a depressing bunch over here in the UK, so... <laughs> Jeez. Well, at least you have drinking and, and you have friends, so... <laughs> oh, definitely. It makes up for it. So, uh, um, I have to mention a, uh, a podcast that I listen to on a weekly basis, and I have for about, I believe, uh, a full hockey season. Uh, my buddies to the north, uh, the Scuttle Puck Podcast... Uh, Mike Bond and Pete Wood do a great job. I highly recommend you guys uh, listen to them. But they gave me the idea of what I'm about to do. So I am opening my first beer on the podcast. And this is to them and this is to everybody else in the uh, for Memorial Day weekend. So hopefully you can hear this. It's a bottle. Ah, that was yeah. good. All right. And another thing I'd like to mention, um, 
my wife uh, took a uh, medical coding exam last Saturday, and she found out the results last uh, last night that she passed. And I'm very excited, Courtney. I love you, and um, congratulations, and and hope the best for you. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, she's excited, and we found out pretty much at like ten thirty last night that she passed. So, oh, that's great, man. Yeah. All right. So, as I pour a frothy one, uh, the Bruins had some uh, interesting news over the the past couple of days. Uh, we're gonna touch on the coaches' changes first. Uh, obviously, everybody knows that Doug Huda got the big boot, and he is gone. Uh, Doug Jarvis is also gone, um, and, and and to replace those guys um, coming in from uh, the player development role the past two years is uh, Jay Pandolfo and uh, uh, Bruce Cassidy, uh, a former Caps coach and uh, five-year uh, coach of the Providence Bruins, will be joining um, uh, Claude Julian on the bench. And the Bruins uh, also keep along Joe Sacco and Bob Asenza. Uh, I have mixed feelings about about all of this, in, in my personal opinion, uh, because nothing's changed. Uh, I'm not overly sure that any of these guys are going to have a positive influence on something that has failed the past two years. Uh, what are your thoughts? I just have to say, thank God they finally did something to change the coaching scheme that's going around. Pandolfo's a great fucking ad. Uh, he's just... He, you've seen him all the time with the players, and the players really respect him. And it's just great to see him being given a chance, to be honest, to like raise him just that bit higher in the organisation. And then Cassidy did a great job in Providence, I think, last year. They had, they had troubled times a bit, but he got them back on track and they made it to the playoffs. Unfortunately, they didn't go through, but the, he, he's done a great job. So the fact that he's here as well, and you've always got that possibility that he could replace Julian if Julian doesn't stay with the Bruins. So you can, you can teach him to play the Bruins type game and kind of get him involved in the system. So guys know him more and, Plus, he's been working with the young talent, so he'll have a say in who comes up and who stays up, and that'll be a lot better. So, Yeah, I, I can agree on the Pandolfo. Uh, I, I can agree on the changes. I, I, um, Huda was a, was a joke the past two years, yeah. and, but I, I'm not sure you can blame the whole <clears throat> defensive failure on him. Uh, oh, no. No, that that's that's a GM thing. That's trading away guys like Boychuk and Hamilton. Well, Hamilton didn't want to stay, so that's that's his fault really. So trading away those guys though, and not bringing guys in to to fill them spots is the problem, to be honest. So right. Um, and Cassidy, uh, he's he was a former uh, head coach for the Washington Capitals. Way back in 2002 to 2004, uh, he spent the last five seasons with the Baby Bees down in Providence. Uh, he's got a 207, 128, and 45 record. Um, that's pretty respectable. Uh, but it, 
the the interesting thing about the Cassidy thing is the roles on the bench. Cassidy is going to be the defensive coach, and Pandolfo is going to be the forward assistant coach. Yeah, I I I, I thought for sure that uh, the Cassidy would be the uh, straight assistant, but yeah, I was thinking the same thing, but. You never know that can that can get changed halfway through the season or at the beginning of the season we don't know yet. So just the fact that they're in they're in the system now with the Bruins and they're actually going to get something changed cuz so, something's got to change. You, you can't you can't just fire off the head coach and then keep the rest of the guys and expect something to happen. So the fact that the 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 backroom guys have now gone and we've got these new assistants so it's going to help it's definitely going to help so and but uh also staying is Joe Sacco and Bob Asenza the goaltending coach my yeah. i i'm not a Sacco fan i never was when he was uh, with Colorado he had one good year and then failed the other two one or two after that um i i i think that he was more of a uh, a hire because he was from the area, and I and I absolutely hate that. But yeah, um, uh, with the goaltending woes the past two seasons and everybody beating up on Rask, I'm actually very surprised that the goaltending coach actually stayed. Yeah, that's definitely a, a strange one, but maybe they couldn't find anyone that's better than the guy we have. So I don't know. It it always depends on you. Got to look whether coaches want to come to Boston at this time. Do they want to take over like a, a team that's struggling or do they want to come to a team that's contending? And going to a contending team is going to make you look a lot better than going to a team that's like a fringe playoff team. So it's just a, it's a hard one to go and find these guys. And the fact that we've added a couple just helps really any any change is a good change at the moment so yeah okay so all right let me ask you this if if next season's a failure again whether it be into december or you wait till the whole year is over what do you do do you, now now do you sit down and say all right now julian's gone and then clean house i fire julian i fire the goaltending coach i fire sacco if this year is a failure, who knows? You might see Sweeney go. Does Cam go as well with all the abuse Cam's getting? I'd, I doubt Neely's going anywhere, but you, you never know. They, they've got a, they've just got a clean house. If it's not working, if it's just failing year after year after year of them trying to do this thing, they need to just start clean. I don't mean blow up the roster, but blow up the back room. Kill yeah. the back room off, rebuild it. If the team doesn't work with a new back room, then you know it's the team. It's easier to hire coaches than it is to like just find new players. So you're better off finding out whether it's the coaches first or whether it's the players. So I'd rather sack the back room off and then build up from there. Just, uh, just uh, my personal thought on this whole thing is... Um... You know, obviously they believe in their core players, so they're not going to get rid of anybody. Um, no. You know, it, it's it's blatantly obvious that that the 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 team 
believes in these guys, and a lot of these guys are, are and their beliefs are dating back to the 2011 Stanley Cup year. So yeah. I, 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 I think if you're going to get back there, you, you're going to have to make changes sooner or later. We got the the main thing is the way the NHL is going. We need to draft well, but at the same time, we need to look at other leagues for players that can come over and transition straight to the NHL. That's how every every team that is performing at the moment are going to other leagues like the SHL and just raiding teams over there. Whoever has a good performance, if they want to come to the NHL, they offer them a small time deal. And then it's low risk, high reward, isn't it? Right. If you get if you get a guy who's just storming it abroad, and you just say, "Come over here, play the season for under a million dollars," it's just win win. So yeah, you see how it goes for a year, and then you talk uh, possibly bridge deal. Yeah, look at Panarin. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and Chicago's just signed uh, a Swedish player, right? is he Swedish? I uh, thought I don't he was. Know whether he's, I think he's Russian. I think he's from the KHL. Oh. I think he's a Russian guy. But he's, I know he's the top. He was voted as the top D man in the KHL last season. Jeez. So the fact that they've just brought him over on like a, I think it's a two year, one million dollar deal or something like that. So yeah, like you said, low risk, high, possibly high reward. Yeah, and. We we signed uh, Irwin last season. It, it's just the same. If the guy comes over and he doesn't perform, send him down to the minors, leave him there, and then he's there as a backup in case anything goes wrong. And and, and you bring up Irwin. I, I got to tell you, when he went down to Providence, he kind of stepped this game up. But he's yeah, all they, he's all he's also playing a professional uh, type role, but in a like a lower age group. Yeah. I his contract's up this year, isn't it? Yeah, I believe it was only one year. Yeah, so with a guy like that, do you offer him one more de- one more year on a two-way deal and then try him out at the beginning of the season again? Cuz he he had a good he had a good preseason. Yeah. And yep. then it it was only when he was paired with some of the struggling D-men that it all fell apart, and I, I admit that it was his fault. A lot of the players at the beginning of the season were his fault. But you've just—if if you give him one more year, you've shown that the Bruins have confidence in him. And he's played NHL time before. He's experienced in the NHL, even though it's only a bit. That's—that's that's another low risk, high reward. One more, one year, eight hundred and fifty thousand. See if he comes back. If he doesn't, fine. Right, and so, uh, you know they they obviously didn't have faith in him, but they have faith in Kevin Miller. <laughs> we'll get we'll yeah. get we'll get to that yeah. in, in a couple yeah. minutes. That that's going to be a long talk. That yeah, one. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, for me, right now, the whole coaching scheme and things, the way things are lining up for next season, is more of a trial and error for me. Uh, let's wait and see what happens, but. Um, there's no big changes. Just people. I mean, uh, they were these acquisitions that were made with Pandolfo and Cassidy were organizational moves. There wasn't something that came out um, from 
another area to like really yeah. shock this team with with new blood. But um, it's one of those wait and see things. So I'm I'm yeah, gonna yeah. give it a year. Hopefully, it, hopefully a, a year. It's definitely just them showing appreciation for what guys like Pandolfo and Cassidy have done. Because Pandolfo's been around quite a while, and then Cassidy's also been around quite a while. So the fact that they've they've said, right, you deserve it now. We we believe in you. You've done a good job for us. Come up. Just that. If you give someone confidence like that, like I've said with players before, they could come in and just do their best right now. So right. I, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they do. Yeah, I am too. But in this in this certain um, area, is is most concerning for me. But uh, with Jay Pandolfo having a role in player development for the past two years, he's obviously got accustomed to being with younger players. Yeah, uh, Bruce Cassidy, the same thing. He coached a lot of these guys that are probably going to be up and down next season uh, from ninety uh, from Providence to Boston. So. Does this tell you or give you any indication that these guys might be telling Julian to, hey, stop shortening the bench. Stop yeah. stop believing in your veterans all the damn time. These kids can play. Give them an opportunity. I definitely think it's going to be a case of, like Pandolfo or Cassidy turning around going, I know what this guy can do. I know this guy can do this role or... We might see different guys on the penalty kill. We might see younger guys on the power play like Pasternak who didn't get a chance last season. You, you're going to see things change, I think, for the better, but it's whether it keeps up for the whole season. Yeah, consistency. Like, yeah, because it could go 20 games and we could win five and lose 15 and then it's going to go back to Julian doing what he wants to do because if something if he gets asked to do something and it doesn't work it reverts back to his system every time so yep. i have to agree so we we're going to have to wait till halfway through the season to see if if anything's actually changed or whether it's just the Julian show so right so all right uh let's move on from the coach talk uh, like we said, hopefully it works uh, and gets gets the meshes through. Uh, recent news this week is Max Talbot um, was obviously not uh, retained by the Bruins, and he is off to Yaroslav Lokomotiv of the Continental Hockey League. Uh, he played 56 games with the Bruins uh, and only scored two goals, eight assists, ten points, and a minus 14. Uh, I, to me, he's just one of those guys that the Bruins are constantly, constantly uh, going after. Is that that older veteran that has some kind of voice in the locker room? Um, yeah, but role a role player. Yeah, that's all. All it is. And believe it or not, uh, and as I've said many, many times on this on this podcast, I, I watch a ton of AHL. I, I pretty much watch every game for the last four years. So when I watched him down in Providence, I think he played a significant role down there to the yeah. younger players. So I mean, his 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 um, his role within the whole organization, I believe, was pretty pretty good. But it, it's just not the direction I want to keep going every year with bringing in 
uh, aging veterans that are on their last years of, of their playing career. Yeah, it's de- it, it's definitely something we've got to stop doing. We they need to they need to start either using their young guys who are on entry level deals or AHL deals if they're wanting to stay under these in this cap space that we have and also bring in players we have to start using our kids and if we don't the th- the thing is when you look at when you look at the providence we have players down there that can play them roles that the veterans that they're bringing in play so you got guys like hargrove that can go out and grind all all night long and just grind away on the boards but then the for some reason the bruins would rather go and get a 39 year old guy pay him 1.5 million dollars to sit on the fourth line and do nothing so but it's that voice in the it's that voice in the locker room though yeah but you've got to give the kids a chance to be that voice in the locker room because if they're if all they're going to do is listen listen to veterans until the time that them veterans leave then there's going to be no voice in the locker room at all so let them speak let them let them make up their own mind of what they're doing and help each other out you've got guys like you've got your top guys there for that that's what guys like chara bergeron and Krejci are there for your entire captaincy, them three guys, are there to be the locker room guys. Even even Marshan can throw in a good inspirational speech too. You know what I mean? So oh, that, yeah. like you look said, at, like, look at what he did when when things weren't going right. He turned around and he said, "It's all on us. It's yeah. it, it, it's all of us." And he he's come out before and talked about passengers being on the Bruins and guys just wanting a free ride to the Stanley Cup. Exactly. It, it, he. To, to me, he deserves the uh, alternate on his jersey because he just shows the passion of the Bruins. He is that guy that's going to be here until he retires. So it, it's guys like that that you need in the locker room, not these old veterans that have a laugh with you. And I, I, I get it with Chris Kelly, and at, at a time where we had older guys, he was good for the locker room, but... There's no point in intimidating kids for the rest of the season and then wonder why the, the numbers are going down. And they so, don't and they don't get much playing time. Yeah, look at look at guys like uh, Hamilton. He didn't didn't like Boston, didn't like being in the locker room, didn't like guys like Chara, didn't like playing with Chara. And then he he went. So if you're going to keep up, keep on doing that, then you're just going to lose out on all these kids. Very good point. All right, so I mean that 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 siren that you just heard is probably a good indication that we're going to be talking and butting heads on the next subject. So the police are well aware. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Miller, he got extended four years to a ten million dollar deal. Kevin has played 159 games with the Bruins, all with the Bruins. Uh, he's got eight goals, 23 assists, and 31 points. And an astonishing, an astonishing plus 55 in his career. Yeah. All right. I am absolutely dumbfounded. This is another one of those let's get a running start and jump out the office window move for Don Sweeney and this organization. I don't get it. 
I I saw a lot of Miller in Matt Irwin at the beginning of the season last year, but this guy gets an extension. I'm gonna give yeah. it. I'm gonna give it to you because I have a feeling you have a difference of opinion on this one, my friend. Definitely. All right, yeah, go for it. A big difference, right? Miller shows that he has heart on the ice. He's battling constantly just to try and make play. He does mess up sometimes. Everyone messes up. Look at fucking Chara on the three, uh, the three on three overtime when he just passed the puck away for a breakaway. Look, look at guys like that that have messed up big time and they're on seven million dollars. Yeah, he had a bad year. He came back from shoulder surgery. He he's battling. He loves being a Bruin. This is the kind of guy that you want on your third pair. Although he, I, I get it that he's 28 and he's not a young kid anymore and he hasn't got that much room to grow, just like Haggerty says and all that crap that goes on, but. He is that. If, if they hadn't assigned Adam Miller, uh, Adam Miller, fucking hell, Adam McQuaid, uh, <laughs> Miller would have been a good signing, and I don't think as many people would have like got angry at it if McQuaid hadn't assigned as well. But Miller shows that heart to play the game. Like if anyone gets hit just even a little bit bad, or someone gets slashed badly, he's straight in there. He wants to stick up for his teammates. He loves his teammates. Give the guy a chance. I I get it that the the contract isn't great and the length of the contract isn't great and two years would have been a lot better than four. But he's a guy that you could see a playoff team trading for him, to be honest, because he's got that grit. And he can be that, on a playoff team, he could be that seventh defenseman that can go in and play a hard game. So, like, I I just, I like the guy, to be honest. I just, I think he's a good player. I think he's struggled when he's been asked to play with Chara and play first pair minutes. But when you see him on the third pair and he's got a good, solid partner with him, he plays good. We need, we need to fucking fill out the depth on the defense, though. Jesus Christ! You know, I, I gotta say, I, 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 you, you have very, very valid points and and knowledgeable uh, points about the player. I, I do agree that he has he has upside to his game. He brings a, a, a intimidation factor, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, and he does make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes, like you said. But I, I, I just don't understand the term or the money. I mean, if you look at the roster right now uh, at on generalfanager.com, you can see that he's getting, even though he's a bottom-pairing defenseman, his dollar value shows that he's middle to upper. So, I, I, and the term... You know what I mean? I, I, but I like the way that you said that though. Is is the contract might not be good and the money might not be good, but he does hold value in a trade market. Yeah, even if it's not a lot, even if it's just maybe a fourth round pick, or maybe he's used as a trade chip in a bigger piece to go. Like, look at Nashville last season. If they'd. Uh, 
if they'd have needed that one extra guy on defence and we could have gone after one of their forwards or one of their younger defencemen, you could have used him as a chip or you could have gone to St. Louis and said, here's a third-pairing defenceman, here's a third-line centre, here's a first-round pick, now give a Shattenkirk. So there's there's upside to it, but also I, I don't agree on the length. But I don't think that was his choice. I think that was more Sweeney saying, have this contract. Right. I mean... Because I, I, I think if that was me and I was Kevin Miller, I'd have turned it down and said, give me less. Because it, he must know how angry the fans are going to be right now. Oh. So... I'm sure he, he saw Twitter blow right up that day. Yeah, and it was it was a catastrophe of hate that you know. I mean, I I was one of them. I I just I I I'm trying to put Sweeney and his first year of service as a GM, you know, on on a pedestal and trying to figure out what is he actually doing. But I mean, there's got to be a method to the madness to be a fly in the wall in the rooms during these discussions, you know. But. And I, I have to admit that he did. Miller did have a better second half of his year. So, yeah, I just for me, the defense was is 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 and has been a growing concern for the past two seasons. So when you extend a player that has been on the team for the past two seasons, you're not showing me that you're ready to mix it up and get players, even though that the free agent class this year is weak on defense but you're not showing me that you want to improve you're showing me that you still believe in what is going on and that's something that frustrates me see to me when I looked at that contract I said right that's them locking up something that they already have that's them seeing right we've got that guy's a third pair in defenseman let's lock him up Corey Krug, if he gets signed, that's a top four left-side defenseman. Let's lock him up. They've got Char on the left side. Once you lock up them guys, then it's at that point that you realise what you need. Whereas if they left Miller till the last minute and thought, right, we've we've traded for this top guy, we've our top four is fine, and we're going to sign Miller because he's not going to go to free agency. And then all of a sudden he says, right, I don't want to play with you. Right. What what do you do? You're stuck. And I I know everyone says, Oh, you can you can just go out there and get that type of player easily. Not always. Because it it's not like playing a video game. You can't go out to a team and go, Here's a third round pick, give me a defenseman because it just doesn't work like that. And and you don't know what you're getting by bringing this other third pair in defenseman in whereas when you've got Miller you know his upside and you know his downside so you can work on his downside right. and make it a plus so yeah. over the off season over the off season he'll be working on everything that went wrong last season all his breakout passes all his like working in the corner and all that but you also look at teams like Arizona look how scared they were after he punched the guy's eye socket through his head Oh, is that um? Oh, is that Joe Vitale? Yeah. Yeah. He, oh my God, he crushed him. Yeah, and then when Miller's on the ice after that, every time there was a little scuffle and Miller came over, everyone separated. 
Yeah. No, no, no one wanted to mess with him. That's a good point. And you got guys like McQuaid as well, and you got Chara. It having a guy like that on your third pair means he can have a fight, and it stops one of your top four, top two defensemen having to jump in. So it kind of evens it. I, I, I like it, but at the same time, I can see why everyone else hates it. Right. So everyone's got their own opinion. It it's it's fine with me. You have to. Being a Bruins fan, you have to just appreciate other people's opinions. Yeah, and you know, and I respect yours. I, I'm I'm on the fence with it. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, to me, as of right now, or as of the uh, earlier this week, he's got four years to prove it until, yeah. until he's gone, his contract expires, or he's in fact traded. He now he's got time to prove that he wants to be a better player and can be a better player. Yeah, and if. If he all of a sudden turns out to be a top four guy and everyone turns around and says, oh, I knew that Miller deal was the correct thing to do, then... I'll eat crow. You, you Write this down. <laughs> write this down. Yeah. Everything I've said bad about him, I'll take back. You know, yeah. I, I, I admit my fault. Because I, I'm waiting for the point that Tukaras turns around as another Vesna year. And I, I'll just... I'll call out everyone on Facebook and everyone on Twitter who says, oh, I knew Tukaras was... This go this good a goalie, and I'll turn around and be like, "Oh, here's Exhibit A. Three years ago, you said this." <laughs> so yeah, but at the same time, if I'm proven wrong, feel free to message me on Twitter or anything and call me an asshole. I don't care. <laughs> All right. So, I mean that that wasn't the Miller conversation wasn't too too bad, but. Um, yes. You know, I, I just hope it works. I hope that they're doing the right thing because, but you know, we're fans. We want to see the the organization go in the right direction. And as of right now, I'm not seeing that. But I'm also a guy that sits behind his desk and 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 reads a lot. But but what what also happened that day that the Miller signing was announced that no one talked about. Well, I'm, I, I think uh, you're leading right into my next conversation. Uh, was that yeah. Seth Griffith? Yes. All right. The, the little speedster man. Yeah. You know what? And this this is a very intriguing conversation, and I think that you're going to uh, also enjoy this just by your enthusiasm. Yeah. Um, uh, Griffith signed a one-year, two-way contract for six hundred an annual average value of $625,000 at the NHL level. Um, he had a career year last year in points with 24 goals, 53 assists, and 77 points. Um, his whole AHL career since his uh, three-year entry-level deal was signed in 2012, I believe. Um, he's got 165 games in Providence. He's got 56 goals, 102 assists, 158 points. And it's uh, a point nine six point per player. Um, I, 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 I like him a lot. I, I just wish he could have the, uh, a better opportunity. I know last year kind of sucked when he, when he tore his left MCL. Uh, in a game against the, uh, I'm sorry, uh, New Jersey Devils in a preseason game. Yeah. He didn't return to the uh, American Hockey League till late October. Um, he had a tough time getting back 
into a into a, a speed roll because I don't believe he was a hundred percent. No, but it didn't look it. Right, but December, wow, holy yep. shit! Did this guy turn heads? And not only that, the team also did a transition into like this this godly American Hockey League team that was on a mission to make the playoffs. Definitely. So, I am ecstatic about this signing because I'm a Seth Griffith fan. I always have been. I've been following him since the Bruins drafted him out of the OHL with the London Knights. And I, I, I just ha- I, I want to throw this stat out here because um, I, it just shows that every level that he plays in, he, he improves. Uh, in the OHL with London, he played in 207 games. He got 102 goals, 129 assists, and 231 points. He was an over-point-per-game player. He won the OHL championship, not the Memorial Cup, but the OHL championship twice. Yep. So with all that being said, he's been a, he's been a consistent player when he plays, and he's healthy. I just think that he, he was hindered on... Progression, uh, whether it be coaching in the NHL level or any other aspect of, of what's going on, I just don't think he's got the he had the opportunity. Yeah, and all I'm going to say is if he's not kept in the NHL team this season, what the fuck are they doing with him? Because it, it, I, I think his chance was last season at the beginning of the year. I think they were going to keep him up. And then when he got injured, they waited till he healed up and then saw that he wasn't still wasn't 100% and sent him down. Right, and, and, and let, me, let me just clarify. The send down was for injury purposes only. Yeah. He did not have to go through the waiver process, I believe. So when... When they sent him down as well, that's when Frank Vetrano came up, I think, around the same time. Yeah, it was right after about 10 games. Yeah, so the fact that Frank Vetrano then went on his just stupid like skill streak of scoring goals and playing a good game, uh, as soon as that happened, I think it was like as soon as Griffith was healthy, they were like, well, we've got Vetrano up here, so do we want to send him back down and bring Griffith back up? But then again, if you bring Griffith back up, then you're he's stuck on waivers and he's going to have to get injured again just to be sent back down, which you don't want. So I think he was just left down last season. But what? I'll ask you one question. What is the main thing that we need on offense? Um, in my opinion, I, I would like to see a, a, a stronger skill. Not, not, not stronger, but a more skilled... Uh, player on the right side. Yeah, a, a finisher. Yeah, and that's yep. That's what he is. It's either he puts the puck straight onto the other guy's stick for an easy goal, which we saw all the time in Providence because he was just passing it across crease all day long, and then he he can shoot. Put him with Berger on and Martian and see what happens. Right, and 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 and. I was just, I was gonna say that later on about Griffith, um, and I, the Conley thing for sixteen straight games, from 
January to uh, I want to say in end of February that Conley was up with with Bergeron and Marshan, and his production was nil, uh, you know, basically nothing. Yeah. But I, I and I know the NHL and the AHL are two different levels, and I know the skills different, but. Seth Griffith at the AHL level played a much better role than Brett Conley in the NHL on the first line. Played more minutes than him as well down in the AHL because he had power play time. Yeah. And uh, I think he was on the penalty kill at one point with yep. Providence. Yep. Yeah. So the fact that that guy can pl- uh, kill penalties and he's not that big a guy, that that shows him it. He's more, you know, he's more of a skilled, like, skater and shooter the fact that he can kill penalties as well just shows what kind of like hockey iq he's got yeah and so. and from what i saw in providence last season he took on a a, a huge leadership role as well um yeah. he played a, a very good game on the half wall on the right side uh whether uh he'd be ready to shoot in a, in one of his favorite areas or he was, like you said, he was an exceptional passer. I mean, that guy could thread a needle through a, a, a crowd. Yeah. Um, the the sad part about this signing, and I, you know, I, I absolutely hate to say it, is it's a one-year deal. So this, to me, is his audition. Yeah, it's either you produce or you're gone. That's what it seems. And like. that's exactly it, Rob. That's exactly it. You're gone. Now, yep. in, an, in a tweet from a very, very well-known uh, Providence Bruins uh, writer for the uh, Providence Journal, uh, Mark Diver, yep. he, he's, he mentioned that, uh, that Griffith re-ups with the Bruins. If he doesn't make the NHL Boston team, he'll have to go through waivers to Providence. Yeah. So if he doesn't secure a spot in training camp or the beginning of the season... He goes to, he goes on waivers with the intent to go to Providence. But do you actually think that anybody's going to let him stay there? No, no, he'll be gone in a second. So he'll be gone by the first team that gets the chance to take him. Exactly. My my opinion is he won't even last an hour on that twenty four hour waiver period. Yeah, he'll go. The first team will get a call, and that'll be it. He'll be gone. But Mark Diver says that a better. NHL chance could come elsewhere. So uh, it, that's a hard one to swallow because you're giving the guy an opportunity to make some uh, some good money. At, you know, six hundred twenty-five thousand isn't the greatest money in an NHL, con- you know, in the NHL scheme of things. But you're giving him an opportunity to, to showcase your skills throughout the summer, secure a right side uh, roster spot. Uh, which would probably be on the third line, but unless they get rid of Stepniak, and that's the thing is if 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 Stepniak is is coming back, which I God I hope not, uh, and and Tyler Randall, then that yeah. spot should be reserved for a player like Griff. Yeah, the the way I see the right side next season is hopefully Griffith on the first line. That'd be and sick. Then and then you'd have Pasternak on the second line with Krejci. Then you'd have probably either Hayes or Connolly, depending on which, like if Connolly signed or not. 
uh, but probably Hayes on the third line, and then you'd see probably Randall or, yeah, probably Randall on the fourth line. And then you, you've got a mix of, well, I want to say hitting guys on the bottom pairs, but you can't really call Hayes that. But you've got two big guys on the bottom two lines, and then you've got two small-skilled guys on the top two lines, and that's that's kind of what you want on an NHL team. Right. But I, I just... I, I, I really hope for the kid, and I've been pulling for him since he got drafted. Um, yeah. I, I really hope he makes secures that spot because, I mean, if, if he has a, I mean, he doesn't have to blow it up uh, with goal and point production, but if he's a constant, consistent player that plays his role and does his job, you know, I, I'd really like to see him at least get a, a two-year or a three-year deal after, after this season. Yeah, and the fact that he's probably one of the biggest pulls down in the AHL for the Providence Bruins, like jersey sales-wise and everything like that, the fact that he's like that shows that you shouldn't just give him up on waivers or even trade him for nothing. Like, he's obviously got skilled. The amount of points that he's put up, he deserves a shot at the NHL, and if I was in charge, I'd trade someone to make room for him. Yeah. Just give him that chance and because he needs it. And just, uh, you know, the, the Bruins for the past, I don't know how many seasons, and I, I just I constantly repeat this because it's it's just, it's maddening. But they, even though they might have a little cap room this year, they are a cap-stricken team. Yeah. So this is a good move. Um, for a player like Griff to, to come in and showcase your skills, show the Bruins brass that you want to be here. You can be somewhat kind of a, a a leader, even though you're on the low, you know, you're on the low end of the totem pole. Um, but I, I I was impressed with his game. I mean, he's got great vision. He sees the lanes very well. Uh, he's got speed. Uh, yeah. You know, and he's five. I think, believe he's five five nine, one hundred and eighty five. I mean, the size is always going to be an issue. That 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 was the issue with Koklachev. Uh, uh, you know, that's that's the issue with uh, a couple other players that could be up. But uh, in my opinion, you got to stop with with players that don't have Bruins, big bad Bruins size. Let's yeah. look at let's look at their all round game. You know, if they are skillful, let's use them. Yeah, we've been we've been screaming for a scorer for a few seasons, and now that Pasternak shown that he's not a pure goal scorer, I think you've got to give Griffith that try, and just we we need someone who can finish the puck off. And Martian's put up thirty seven goals this season, but do you think he's going to do it next year? Cause I, I don't know. That's a tough one. He struggled. He struggled to hit thirty for the seasons before that. So the fact that he had this year, I don't know if it'll go back to like times before or. But it's all about the system. It's all about what they do with the coaches. It's all about how the coaches draw things up. So that's another thing we're just going to have to wait and see. All we can really talk about is the fact that these guys are here and what we think needs to be done with them. Agreed, agreed. Um, 
Where do we go? All right, I, I just want to I want to go back to the Miller thing, and I, I because I I watched a video and read something that Joe Haggerty came out with, um, and just real quick, uh, I don't he he was saying that the uh, the 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 agent for Jimmy VC, the Harvard um, forward that won the uh, Hobie Baker Award, yeah, is the same agent for Kevin Miller and yeah. this is this is one thing that I should have brought back when we were talking about Miller but I'm, I'm revising it right now I, I I really hope that this is not true I I mean if you if you wanted to give the agent and the player a solid give him a million dollars for two seasons yeah I mean, if you want to, if you want to create a little wiggle room and negotiations for the August fifteenth acquisition of of a of a, a, a skilled forward like Jimmy VC that hasn't really proven anything, don't give a guy four years just to you know rub one out on the agent and 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 feel good about your chances when August comes around. I just don't think that that was that was right. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I don't think this is anything to do with the agent. Okay. Uh, I I really don't think it. I think they, that's one of them. One of the media guys has worked out who the agent is, and then worked out that Jimmy Vc's agent is the same. And, and then threw out a scenario. Oh, this is this is all trying to get Vc because that's you look at most of the articles that are coming out over the off season, and most of it is about Jimmy Vc. And to be honest, I'm not that fucking amazed with it all because no one's seen him at the NHL level he's played at college well university it, it you don't know what he's going to do right so you don't know if he's going to come in and, and look like Patrick Kane or John Scott yeah like, that's a that's a good one so why I, I don't get why everyone's so worried about whether he's going to go to a different team or not I get it you're getting a great player for free but it's whether they are actually a great player. So that's one of them things I'm just going to wait and see because no matter what I say about it, it's not going to change how the Bruins go about doing stuff. So, Right. I think a lot of fans, they just get they get hooked up on when it comes to free agency time. Oh, who's going to be coming to the team? Who like Who's the saviour? Yeah. At a, when, cheap, at, at a cheap. Yeah. When was the last time anyone called... A single thing that the Bruins actually did, like way before it happened. Yeah. Because I know, I know at the deadline, apparently we were getting all kinds of players. Yeah. I heard Shattenkirk was so close to being done that it was basically on paper, and then that didn't happen. And then there was there was stuff up about Stamkos coming at the deadline, oh. and I was like, and that no. sh- that shit continues, and it continues yeah. to like. Uh, I mean, it's 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 a good read, and I'm gonna share it on social media because yeah, a lot of these guys that I share, I keep in contact with on social media, uh, the, yeah. the the writers of the articles. So, but when you read it, you kind of shake your head and like, really? Yeah. But oh well. Uh, moving on, uh, some news came out of the NHL about the World Cup rosters, and the Bruins have. Five players that are going to be representing their countries, respectively. Um, 
for Canada, Patrice Bergeron. Oh, I'm sorry, there's six. For Canada, Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. The Czech Republic, David Krejci, David Krejci and David Pasternak. Uh, Team Europe is uh, Zdeno Chara and Dennis Seidenberg. Finland, Tuka Rask, and Sweden, Louis Eriksson. There's a lot more than five. I just I just saw the five teams and just went with it. But as I read a little more, I started noticing the more names. Well, it's good. It's good to see Marshawn getting added to the uh, the team for Canada because who saw that last season happening? Yeah, but not only that. But I mean, did you watch any of the uh, the World Junior games? Yeah, I watched a few, uh, a few of them. Yeah, yeah he, I was working. Now. He played a pretty significant role. Yeah, he he was really good, and so, surprisingly, he was really good playing on the line with a Montreal Canadian. So I know, right, yeah. Brendan Gallagher. That that was a weird thing to see that bromance. Now 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 they're buddies. Yeah, <laughs> I watched a vi- I watched a video um, not too long ago about them talking, and it was funny when they first started talking. They're just like. Oh, we hate each other. We absolutely hate each other. But when it, when it's off ice, we're, we're the best of friends. So yeah. you keep that competitive blood fl- you know, flowing, especially with those two teams and that rivalry. It is, it's it's uh, something great, even though the Bruins haven't been playing well against that team for uh, a couple of years now. Yeah. We'll, we'll be back to beating them in no time. Don't oh, God, it. I can't wait. I cannot wait. There's so, there's so many Canadians fans that harp on me about, you know, oh, what happened? Oh, it's like, all I got to do is, your last cup was 1993 and ours was 2011. And, like, drop the mic and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then if they blow up this season and trade away all their players, then you can just turn around and be like, oh, well, you know, yeah. bye-bye. <laughs> Because you're not going to be relevant for the next few years if you do that. So, see that—that's the thing, though. Like, there's always these rivalries, and you see it with the players as well. And they're all just—they love hockey, so they're going to be friends. No matter who talks to who, if it's about hockey, they're all going to be friends when it comes down to the end of it. So, that's the thing I love about the sport. So we got to we got about a couple minutes before we end this hour. And, and another one that just flew right by. Yeah. Um, your thoughts on the World Cup. Uh, do you, how do you feel about, about uh, you know, going into a season and then having players participate because of injuries? And, you know, are you going to be ready for the, you know, the start? Uh, what are your thoughts? Um it happens with every sport there's no way of really going around everything and making sure that stuff's played at certain times of the year and so you you'll see it with every sport so it doesn't really bother me but at the same time it's going to show how much teams have depth wise if guys go out injured so i'm looking i'm really looking forward to it because it's going to be some really good hockey i think Definitely, with the way the teams are stacking up, it it's gonna look fun. So I I think it'll be a good good tournament, and then 
just back to NHL hockey. And then we'll see how uh, some of the rivalries kick off when that happens. So my 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 opinion about the 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 World Cup, um, I, I I appreciate everybody getting together and doing this, and you know, uh, each country you know probably makes a decent amount of money of you know, on their own. But as an injury thing, I'd rather see them do stuff like this, like after the NHL playoffs. So if if something does happen, like if somebody hurts their hand or you know breaks a finger. You have time from then till training camp to, you know, mend yourself. For me, I just don't. I mean, I, I just don't want to see uh, Team Finland Tukaras get hurt, and then who are we going for to start the year? Yeah, you know that that's that's always a tough one for me. Yeah, but it, it's it's going to equal out because if there's if there's going to be a lot of injuries, which I don't think there will be, because I don't think there's been too many during the last tournament. Uh, like I don't see it being anything major. Plus, the off-season's really the the time where all the NHL players get all the surgeries done and fix everything. Look at, like, Krug's out at the moment with surgery. So Krejci? Yeah, you, you could get to the end of the season and there'll be hardly any of the star players left to actually participate. So No, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. Yeah. But. Plus, it then you've still got the off season at the end of the year for the players to rest. Whereas if you didn't, they're coming into next season battered and bruised and just as worse off. So. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm definitely right. looking forward to it though. It's going to be fun. Yeah, and you know I am too. Um, where are the games again? Uh, I. I think I've got it on Twitter. I'm not sure. They're not in the States. No. Uh, for some reason, my Twitter's not working. So, no, we'll have to update everyone next week yeah. on everything about the uh, World Cup. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. All right. Uh, that that's. I think that's going to wrap it up. Do you have anything else that you might have uh, done some homework on? Uh, I'm going to save it all for next week because it's a lot of uh, talk about guys that are probably going to get bought out by their teams this season and oh players. availability yeah so. oh cool alright well then I'll I'll, um, I'll start doing my homework too for next week about uh, players like that and, um, and, and potential incoming talent that could help us get back on the trail to uh, a successful playoff season yeah, definitely. Awesome. I think it'll be a really good show. Yeah, yeah, I look forward to it. All right, well, for both of us, I'd like to say thank you very much for listening, and the constant uh, listens uh, have been uh, increasing, which is awesome, and we really appreciate that because this is a lot of fun for us uh, trying to give our opinion to the fans. And um, everybody, please enjoy your Memorial Day weekend and be safe if you're out there drinking and, you know, don't drive and you know, do the right thing. Yeah, have a great Memorial Weekend, everybody. All right, take care. Thank you very much, Rob. I'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks 
for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material.